I am Matthew Thomas coming at you live here on Facebook and Twitter. You're, of course, watching Super Cool Radio, doing a very cool live interview. Got a great guest with me at this time. We'll be going on tour with Modern Minds as part of the Down and Dead tour coming up on September 21st. Please welcome Z from the high octane metal band from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, known as Reign of Z. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking an interest. I appreciate it. Of course. I uh, I first uh, heard of Raina Z. I, I think you guys went on tour, I want to say, with Comey Christ and my friend's Heartsick. I believe that was end of last year, I want to say. Yeah, 2021. September into October of 2021. Uh, King810 was also partially on that tour as well. So, yeah, we did the first leg of the tour. Right on. That's when I first uh, got introduced to you guys. And I, of course, obviously listen to music. And now, of course, I'm uh, chatting with you right now. So that's really awesome. Now, before we really get into everything, obviously, heard you guys work on a new music video. We have the yes. upcoming tour with Modern Mimes. But I kind of want to start at the beginning. So for Reign of Z, how did you guys come together as a band and uh, come up with the name? <laughs> I... I Every time everybody asks me about the name of the band, I wish I could come up with this like very ethereal, like prolific story. And maybe one day I will do that to a host, but I will not do that to you because you deserve the truth. So <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> so decades and decades ago, no, actually, I think it's I think it's going on six years if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, so my dog has a little bit of a fan base. Um, I want to kind of say that she's probably more popular than I am, um, understandably so, because I can't compete with that. Um, her name is Rain. And just to give like a little backstory, um, I was in touring bands before uh, regionally, um, and I went out and had a meeting in LA with uh, Frankie, uh, who was the ex-bass player of New Year's Day. And I sat down with him and he was like, hey, you should really name, you know, the band Zosha. And I was like, mm, I don't like that. Uh, I'm not, I'm very awkward. And I really, despite what many people think or feel, I really don't like the spotlight on me. I like a band as like a collaborative effort. And I was like, I don't like that. So Berg, who actually unfortunately cannot be on this podcast because he has to work late, um, he was like, well, everybody likes your dog, so why don't we just name the band Raina Z? <laughs> and literally, that was it. I was like, okay. And it just stuck, and everybody liked it. So I wish I could give you some story about, like, kings and queens and all this, like, crazy stuff, but it's not literally me and my dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the, the first time because I usually I, I do ask that question a lot. Uh, first time 
Uh, someone said uh, that's named after a dog. I did have one that was named after a paper towel company, so I did have that. I mean, that's pretty cool, and I would like to meet that band because that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm not sure if they're still a, they're a workhorse. I don't know. They were very popular, like the late '90s, early 2000s. Okay. And then uh, they came back. They did like a reunion, kind of like for a year. I'm not sure if they're still active or not. But that, I mean, that's awesome. So that's basically how the name was born. Uh, Berg, who is, I always joke and say he's like the CEO of Raina Z. He he was the smartass that came up with the name, and he is a smartass. And when he is, it bites him in the butt. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what did we learn? Um, and and it's a very valuable lesson to learn. <laughs> And we've been together, I think six, I believe I want to say six years. Um, obviously, w with any band comes, you know, different lineup changes. Um, Berg and I are the only original members left in Reign of Z, but we, we birthed, I believe, about six years ago. And currently, where I was living, I was really frustrated with people not wanting... <laughs> to do music which from then i've grown and evolved and realized that this is a very difficult industry and not everybody's meant to do this and that's okay back then i was a totally different person i was like i don't understand why doesn't anybody want to go fuck up their life and get into debt um, <laughs> when you phrase it like that it sounds like a great time yeah it sounds like a really it's it's a solid plan um <laughs> you know but we can definitely jump on that topic later in the podcast if you want to but um yeah, i think no, we gotta e we gotta ease into that <laughs> i know i i'm giving a lot to you know people initially like welcome to me i'm like boom berg always says i'm like a hurricane literally um but you know, what I've realized over the years that like people are going to come and go, you know, you just got to let people have their own journey and decide what's best for them. So as of right now, it's Berg and I, we just got our forever home drummer. He lives in Kansas City. His name is Eric. He's awesome. He's hilarious. Um, he's been in touring bands forever. That's a whole nother story, how we accumulated him. And for this upcoming tour, we have Grayson coming aboard and he's potentially moving into being a permanent member. Um, as of right now, he's filling in. So it's been kind of a wild ride <laughs> getting into this. Well, it, it definitely sounds like, and I know you kind of touched on like the, the music industry and stuff. And it is very, you have to be very like flexible and fluid with everything because there's just, as you, as you know, they're just, so much stuff that come can, can can come up very like unexpectedly and like things change, especially like probably since twenty twenty, everything just seems like it it it's not as like solid or like set in stone as like before everything because things can change like on a dime. Absolutely, and I think with the music industry, as soon as you think you know it, like goes completely left, and you're like, wait a minute, I thought we got this formula down and things are so different now it's all about going viral and how many likes you have which i have a whole tangent about likes and stuff like that but once again i'm not trying to like scare every 
everybody off. But like, I have a whole tangent about that. <laughs> At least but, not like, yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But it's it's ever changing, which I think is why I love it so much because you all you can't never go stagnant because you're always learning. But on the flip side, it's all it's almost trying to catch like a microscopic bug in a jar <laughs> because you just you don't know what you're going to be getting into. I, I definitely agree. And I know I'm not like directly in the music industry. Like obviously my, I have a podcast based on musicians and music, but even, even with like just podcasting and it's probably very similar for music as well. There is just so much, you know, stuff to learn. And it, there's like no set way to learn stuff. You know, everyone kind of just goes at their own pace and learns stuff differently. And sometimes you get good advice, bad advice, or just no advice, but um, they're just, there's just so much out there. And obviously with social media and uh, the likes, and but also with like with the the inflated likes and the fake lights and the bots, and they're just they're just so much weird stuff, especially like when you get into social media and just online in general. Well, and I think too, like as far as like the likes, because I have friends that have bought their likes, and you know that's their choice and that's their right. But I think people who know how those things work can start to see through that if that makes any sense. So people will go to their engagement and be like, oh, okay, you have 50,000 likes, but only five people liked your post. I see what you're doing here. And I, I and I get why people do it. You know, Berg and I have had the conversation about buying likes. And I know I always say this like online, as far as like our numbers, they're not quote impressive. Um, but on the flip side, and this is going to go into like my whole likes tangent, I've seen bands sell out venues with under 5,000 likes. And then I've played with bands who have over 25,000 likes that can't fill up a venue, let alone get 20 people, you know, on a Tuesday night. And I'm not talking negatively. I'm, I'm just trying to bring awareness to people that it's not what necessarily they think it is. I mean, obviously mine's like, if you're Metallica, then yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have a million likes but that's kind of what i'm trying to explain to people who are like oh we've well, been together six years why don't you guys have more likes and i'm like i don't know but we sold out you know our cd release party that we played for you know what i mean so it's kind of this this weird like purgatory phase no i think it's definitely interesting i know uh, this might sound contrary, like because everything, almost everything I do is you know almost purely online based. Obviously, uh, I have you know obviously I go to in person you know interviews and events and stuff. But like the online stuff, I, I think people put a lot of focus on that. And to me, it should be about like the playing the shows. If you get people to come out to shows and if you sell out venues and stuff, then I think you're doing the job correctly of how to get people to come out because that is that is very important. You have a bunch of likes, but if no one shows up to your shows, it, it just doesn't exactly uh, work out very well. No, it, and it's weird because we've played for like national headliners. I mean, people with hundreds of thousands of likes that we put more butts in the seats than they did. And that's not to talk crap on them or negatively, but I know a lot of bands on our level or maybe even lower could probably speak on the same vain um and it's kind of a weird position to be in because a lot of like 
big industry, people put a lot of focus on that. And I think that's kind of where I start to get frustrated with the music industry because I'm like, listen, it's not about this online thing because you and I both know, and I'm sure behind closed doors, everybody has had those conversations. It's not real. It's not real. <laughs> a lot of it's not real. And, you know, a couple of my friends are influencers and they tell me like, a lot of their life online is like not, and I won't say who, but a lot of their life is not real. <laughs> no, I I was kind of leading into that. You you uh, I know I'm gonna you get said it out right, which which is why <laughs> that's what I was uh, leading into and in saying. Um, it is kind of interesting, like if you see like some influencer like videos, and it shows like it's perfectly lit. They got the camera in the right spot, and they're, like they're supposed to be like I don't know making breakfast or like, you know doing like routine stuff. But like you can tell, it's like I I don't think this is exactly how you do this with this you know nice lighting and you know the clothes they wear and that kind of stuff. And not to again, I'm not speaking of anyone who does that. If you, if right. you make money and you like doing it, Great. good for you. Like I'm happy for you, but. For outside people who are like looking like, especially like Spotify numbers, I think that, you know, that's a big focus now nowadays is how many monthly listeners you have and that kind of stuff. It It's just, I think it's focusing a lot on stuff, the, the, the intangible stuff that's like purely online instead of looking at how they perform live at the show or how many people do they have at the show. And I think to me, again, not just my opinion, I, I have really no expertise in it in like that kind of area but to me i think that would be the thing to focus on absolutely and and you i mean you as a consumer have i think much validity as somebody who like myself goes out and performs like you're you're consuming live music and you can pick up on it and it sucks like not to sound like a quote old person but it sucks that we were not in the age of like the seventies and the eighties where like scouts would actually come out to a show and see like a genuinely talented band that there's so much. And I feel like people are going to take this as like, I'm talking crap on the internet. The internet is in platforms are wonderful things for bands on so many levels. Like, you know, and I just want to shed some light so people don't think I'm being a hater or I sound bitter or whatever. Cause I'm not like we've been able to connect all over the world. Like when we got our Spotify last year, like we're really big in Russia. So that's super cool. You know, like I, I think there's a lot of wonderful things. I just think I see so many of my colleagues and even local bands like that open for us on tour that suffer because promoters are like big people in bigger positions go well they only have 500 likes well they brought more people than the headliner so maybe i don't know i'm just trying to create eye-opening conversations for for bands and promoters and even just people who decide to take a listen to this at a later date just to get people thinking and start the conversation no definitely and i you know Again, for like the, the conversation that we're having, I think it's great to actually have conversations like these. I know uh, to some people, we'll probably come off as complaining online, which sure, fine. You know, you sure. Can, of course, people will do that. But um, I think that we're having a nice conversation. Again, I don't have any solutions or answers or anything to this, you know, but it's at least nice to have a conversation. Maybe that sparks another conversation with somebody else who then sparks a conversation with somebody else. 
you know, I think as time progresses, you know, maybe things will change. Maybe, you know, obviously to me, I think the focus should be more on the live shows. Cause I've seen, I, I've listened to bands and then there's sometimes I see them live and it's like, it's like, just not, it's not the same, you know, either they don't sound as good or, you know, they had a lot of pieces that they can't produce live. And to me, it takes away a little bit. That's why I was, I like focusing more on the live show than the studio. But that's just my opinion. No. And I think it's a great opinion because, you know, we obviously go to live concerts all the time. You know, we obviously go on tour and we hear the same thing night after night. And like, I've been on tour with bands who dial their vocals in, you know, I'm not throwing shade. That's just their choice. And I've, you know, been on tours with bands that sing live every night. And it, me as an observer and a, and a consumer, I understand both sides of the coin. Um, but on the flip side of things, I'm, you know, when I'm trying to encourage audiences, it's like the whole point of the live experience is to kind of recreate that. I hate to say like that spark, you know, <laughs> or you've never seen a band before. So it's like, it's like titillating, you know, to see this, this new entity and to see how they deliver, because I've seen many concerts over the years where I've seen somebody live and it was, I compare it to like, um, joyless sucks you're just kind of like oh oh okay i i could just go listen to the cd oh okay and and listen counter argument we all have bad nights i've had bad shows you know people we've toured with have had bad shows it's it's gonna happen you're not gonna give a, a good show every night you know but the you know i struggle with that too because i think live is so telling of the artist, the band, the performance or whatever. So I think you, I agree with you on that. We're not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it's, it's more observations and obviously our personal preferences because I, we, we're still in our respective industries, even though they are very closely tied together. You know, obviously when I go to shows, I'm obviously, I used to talk to bands like before the shows, but now I like to see them perform and then talk to them after the show. Um, Cause you never, you know, again, you never know until you see a band live how it's going to, you know, how they're going to sound, how things are going to go. Maybe it's going to be mind blowing. And I have a lot of great things to say. It has happened quite a few times when I've gone to, you know, like shows in my area or if I'm unfamiliar with a few bands, they've like blown me away just how good they are. So I think it's important. Obviously, the numbers and everything, they are important. Obviously, record labels, uh, management company, everyone, they do focus on that. But also, there should be a focus on the live element and how good do you sound live and, um, you know, touring schedules, all that kind of stuff. No, I think that's great. And you probably have a super hard job because if you go and see a band that you don't like, I'm like, Oh God, how would that, how would that interview go afterwards where you're like, Hey, you guys, you guys gave it your best. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, obviously uh, you have to get creative with some language. Um, is what I, uh, what I usually have to do, but you know, again, you, you work through it, always be a professional as I always am. So you, you get through it. <laughs> Absolutely. But to be a fly, to be a fly in, in your mind. Cause I, I always go into like my little psychoses in my brain and I'm like, God, are they being genuine or like, are they just, you know, giving me fluff? But that's, I feel like that's just a stereotypical artist where they're like, do they really like me? Or are they lying to me? Like it's this whole paranoia thing. Like it, it's yeah. 
Once again, whole another conversation. <laughs> I, I would just say this we don't we're not, we don't have to go into the whole conversation about this but um i i feel the same thing especially like if someone sees me in a concert go oh you're a really great interview with you know whatever band i you know I, i'm always nice like oh thank you for watching that kind of stuff but there is a part of my mind going did they actually watch this or not <laughs> <laughs> hmm. that's when you have to ask them like oh so in 20 minutes and 32 seconds do you remember when i talked about no I'm just kidding. <laughs> or some of, my, some of my favorites are like when someone like says oh you did a great interview with, with this band and i have to like think about when i did that interview or like when right? that, i've done like 240 interviews so i have to like think and like go through my mind and go when was that how did that go i go and usually i just go oh yeah it was really awesome you know i because i can't think of it right away <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's so true. And I feel so bad. Like, it's kind of the same thing. Like when we tour from city to city and I see the same faces, and I can't remember their fucking names. And it's not because I don't love every single one of you that comes to the show, because I do. But my memory has been garbage, truly, since I've had COVID, which is like a total, I'm like on memory supplements. Like I try to do Sudoku. <laughs> get my get my brain back like i feel so bad and i always have to tell people it's not that you're not memorable like i'm literally just blanking because you meet so many awesome people in different cities and it's so hard to keep track i told Berg, i was like we need flashcards with like their faces on it so i can be like okay we're in north carolina do, 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 do. Okay. <laughs> These are the people that are going to be here. And I always feel so incredibly bad, but it's not because I don't love them. It's because I have COVID brain. <laughs> no, I honestly, I totally feel it. I went to, um, I went to a few times. I went to the black circle in India. I believe you guys played there mm -hmm. months ago. Really cool venue. Love the pink. Beautiful venue. Love the aesthetic, all of that. And all the VHS tapes. Love it. Um, but I went there a few times to see a few different bands and I, like the second time I went there, I talked to this, you know, this one gentleman, he was really cool. talking about music, had a nice conversation. And then I go back there. It was like a month, maybe six weeks later. And he walks up to me and starts talking to me. And I was like, it's like, do I know this guy? It's like, and then he's like, yeah, we met at the last show. Oh, that's right. Yes. I totally remember that. <laughs> I felt so bad just because like, I couldn't remember. Yeah, I kind of looked familiar, but I was like trying to place where he was and I just couldn't right away. So I, I felt bad about that. I I always feel bad about it too, but I try to just be honest with people. I don't know, like in a crazy, like deceitful, messed up industry, like the music industry. I always tell people, I'm like, you know what? I'm so sorry. I know that we've met before, but I'm having a hard time placing your name. Can you please just tell me? And nine or, you know, nine out of 10 times, they'll, they'll be pretty cool about it and i always just try to say it's not because you're not memorable i just have the brain of a peanut right now so please please, please just go with me on this journey so yeah especially you you meet so many different bands i'm sure it's hard for you to even keep track of the bands even i'm pretty decent with the bands it's usually like just the people i meet at the shows like some people like they'll give me like sometimes if they're in like a uh, industry or something they'll give me a card so usually that helps me but yeah, there's, I meet so many people at shows, especially if I cover a festival or something, you meet so many people in like a short sure. amount of time, as, as you know. So yeah, and I, I try to keep, but flashcards are probably good. You know, oh, we're going to this area. All right, I'm gonna see this person, this person, and this person. 
I might have to start doing that too. I mean, I think I'm going to have to start doing it for this tour because I've had people hit me up on Facebook like, hey, I'm going to be at this place. And I'm like, okay, I have to. And here's the thing. And you know this. People online are not always the way that they look in person. And that's not throwing shade. It's because a lot of us can't walk around with a permanent filter over our face, which I'm guilty. I use them as well. You know, I, I'm no saint in this situation. But a lot of times I'll look at somebody and be like, and then I'm like, oh, my God, their profile picture looks nothing like them. <laughs> I'm not throwing shade. I do the filter thing, too. So I totally get it. But that gets a little challenging, too, when they don't or their Facebook profile picture is a tree. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, we're friends on Facebook. I'm like, I'm friends with the tree. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you're not a tree. I don't. I don't understand. So that'd be wild. If you you are. That'd be pretty sick. <laughs> I hope that happens. Now I hope somebody please come on tour and dress as a tree, so I can take a picture and send it to Matthew, so he can post it on his page. Because I feel like this needs to happen now. I think somebody will now. But it's, <laughs> we we are talking about tour. I, I will mention one thing. I try yeah. to look how I look on my profile picture. I, I'm sweaty right now because I was just drinking hot tea out of my Batman mug, of course, you know, the proper, the proper mug to drink tea out of. That's right. Because um, I, I did an interview yesterday and my, my voice started going out. So I've been drinking oh, no. hot tea and having cough drops today. So I'm, I actually am pretty, I'm about like 95% today. So I feel pretty good. Eat apples. Uh, is, is, is that, is, is that a thing? Yeah. So apples are a natural, like anti-inflammatory. So, oh. um, so weird fact about me so in pittsburgh there's something called the upmc uh voice center and shout out to dr libby smith but they've actually been studying my voice for years because i have never knock on wood i have never hemorrhaged i've never lost my voice and i've never um gone course like through a tour and okay once again i'm not trying to be like who look at me like you know but <laughs> most metal and rock vocalists are not treated very well when they go to voice doctors because they're like oh you sing that gritty stuff and i'm like actually i'm classically trained which i know stereotypical in the genre as well but i actually am classically trained um and they scope me every year and make me scream into a microphone and stare at my vocal cords, which is super cool. But they said, you know, if you start to feel horse to eat apples, it's a natural like anti-inflammatory. As a matter of fact, the last tour that we were on, one of the vocalists was having issues. I won't say who, but I told the individual, I said, eat apples. Here's some vocal cough drops. Shut up. <laughs> So I, I like I like try to help people, but I'm like I, I never want to like overstep with a vocalist either and think that like I'm trying to tell them the business either, you know. That that is really cool. I like I was. You, you I ahead. threw a lot. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I threw a lot at you, and I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> you're fine. Uh, I was there's a lot to unpack, so I was trying to start um, <laughs> where you, where you're talking about with uh, with studying your voice, which I. I think that is really cool. Actually, first person I've interviewed, we've actually, this uh, topic has come up. I think that's very cool. So how did that get, how did you start um, doing that? Or how did you get involved with that? So 
weird story because my life is anything but not weird. Um, I was actually hit by a drunk driver. I want to say 2012 and I hit the windshield and I noticed that I screamed so loud that I felt like almost like a, um, like a switch in my voice, not negative, not positive, just different. So I went to my primary doctor and they said, well, why don't you go to the voice center in Pittsburgh? And I didn't know this, but I guess a lot of like famous people have gone through the voice center and their, their photos are actually on the wall. Like Lacey from Flyleaf was at the voice center. Um, there's been like a lot of famous like rock stars that have gone through there because we have like top vocal doctors there. And I went in there and they scoped me and they said, you have a blood vessel on your vocal cord, but it's nothing to worry about. And me being the super hypochondriac, paranoid person, I'm like, oh my God, it's gonna burst, I'm gonna die, I'm never gonna sing again. And they said, well, let's monitor it. So each year, me being on you know regional touring, being in bands, singing and screaming for all these years, it never ruptured. As a matter of fact, I did everything that I was told by the doctor. It went away and I have had clean white vocal cords for going on about 15 years now. And they said, my voice doctor, she's like, well, we're going to have to keep an eye on you and kind of study you because she's like most people in my genre. It's very weird to come back from once you go into like vocal dysphoma or you hemorrhage or you need surgery. You hear this all the time. And I actually listened to my doctor. Some of them out there aren't wacky <laughs> and, and they want you to get better. And I just did what they told me to do. And I've never had an issue since. They wrote an article on me and every year you know, they bring me in and check me out and make me scream. And they use my voice on, I guess, uh, you know, my voice teacher said like certain conferences. So it, it's kind of cool. I like to promote like vocal health awareness because I think once again in our genre, it's something that's not talked about. And I think there's kind of like a misconception where it's like, you have to blow out your voice. And you're like, no, that's how you'll never sing again. <laughs> Let's not do that. But Vocal care is extremely important. Even like, I don't, people don't really think about, even for me, I know I don't scream. I don't, you know, I, I don't do it as like extreme as, as what you do, especially on a consistent basis, uh, like for touring. But like, I never really treated, you know, my voice very, very well. I was like, oh, I just show up and talk. It's easy. Uh, until recently when like earlier this year, I was having really bad, like I was, uh, I was still able to do interviews, but like I, I was really struggling. So now I was like, okay. I got to really treat my voice because this is what I do. So I have to, you know, protect it and make sure I can do it as long as I can. So like, I'm really taking the steps to try to uh, protect my voice and that I can still do stuff. But I will, I got to buy some apples. So I have to do that tonight. I have to go out and buy some. And fun fact, talking is actually more strenuous on the voice. Talking and whispering is more strenuous on the voice from what my doctor told me than actual like singing. And I thought that was very interesting. That is interesting. I I didn't know that, but I guess I mean, it make I mean, you talk more than obviously than like you scream or yell or do stuff. So, 
and it's also like just your natural like voice tone and stuff. So I can I can see that, especially like whispering, you have to drop your voice. Uh, you know, it's deeper. So I can see that. Yeah, it was weird. They I was like, what? They're like, don't whisper, and I'm like, what? what? Like, do I write on a notepad or? So that's why Berg always makes fun of me because I'm super loud, but I'm actually when I'm talking, I'm leaning on my diaphragm, and you know projecting to an extent so my voice doesn't get tired because on tour and you you run into hairy situations where people think you're being shitty because you don't want to talk like an hour before the show and it's not like i don't want to love you and have conversation but i'm about to do something very strenuous because i i try to explain to people like even with what you do and what i do like we are vocal athletes I mean, we are, whether you're on radio or, you know, performers, you are a vocal athlete and you have to treat your instrument as such. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. And it is, you know, people don't really think about it as an instrument, but it definitely, it definitely is, even if it's just, you know, part of yourself, but also it's also your investment of like, if you, if you want to continue with your band or podcast or whatever, you got to make sure that you're able to sing or yell or talk or anything. It's still, it's an investment in you. Yeah. And it's so funny. Like on tour, I feel like I become like the mom where I'm like, if somebody comes a vocal problem, they'll be like Z and I'm like, okay, this is what you need to do. <laughs> you need to do this, this, and this, and this, this doesn't get better. Call this person because what's cool about my network is if God forbid something hor horrific happens, my network i can find a vocal doctor in every city that could see me and i ca i will cash in on that or give that to somebody that you know i'm on tour with or struggling if if they need it and and if sometimes you know rock artists don't want to admit that they need help or they're struggling but it's okay it doesn't make you weak i i always tell people it makes you smarter because it's better for you to go and be seen and get looked at then develop like a huge problem. And how many times have we seen it in our industry where artists are in surgery or they lose like some of their range or, you know, they can't sing anymore, like forever. Exactly, it helps with the longevity of it. It's almost kind of similar to like, uh, like wearing earplugs at shows. I know mm -hmm. like some, either some people are, are for it and I definitely am because I, I had tinnitus from concussion. So I obviously want to protect my hearing as much as I can. But also there's some people like, no, you have to not wear earplugs. So it, it seems like it's kind of polarizing with between the people who want to either uh, take care of the body versus people like we're just going to tough it out and go for it. And, um, you know, to each their own, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, I'm totally that dork that wears earplugs at shows like my shows. Going to shows, I always wear earplugs and I wish Berg could be on this because he could tell you he actually had his inner ear blown out um to the point where it affected his walking so it's not really something that you want to mess around with you know what i mean like i'm not trying to give like everybody the the lecture but unfortunately i tell people all the time if you need to touch the stove i guess go touch the stove <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> don't have to listen to me go touch the stove i i definitely i definitely agree but yeah Starting off, I I didn't always wear earplugs, but then when Same. tinnitus tinnitus sucks. 
I, I hated it. So I'm luckily it mostly went away. So now I'm like, as much as I can do, I'm going to protect it as, as best I can. I think that's super smart. And you're, you're definitely going to appreciate it when you're in your fifties and sixties. Cause so many of like, even my mom, my mom's like hard of hearing. Cause she was exposed to loud music when she was young, not like hard, hard of hearing, but <clears throat> she has trouble sometimes. And she's like, it's all that rock and roll. <laughs> like I know we're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to blame rock and roll. Exactly. Now I did want to talk about, I was, going to go into this earlier but then we had a very nice conversation about a lot of things so but i will go into this now so obviously the tour with modern minds down a dead tour kicks off september 21st uh what can people expect i asked modern minds that interview will be coming out a little uh, later but i'll ask you so what can people expect from the down and dead tour <laughs> We have a total rebranding. Like we are getting costumes made for this tour. Um, so with every single that we do, my eye color changes. So if you go back through, I don't know if anybody's that much of a diehard supporter, but like if you go back through the progression of us, each music video, my eye color changes per content or theme. So my eyes are changing once again for our single cellophane and we just have a brand new stage show brand new artwork like we are coming out more theatrical i'm so sorry berg more theatrical more more um you know interaction just just more so we really just want to give people a show it was so funny we did a competition like a year and a half ago and somebody was taking a pot shot as pot shot as and they said we're in this moment on a budget and i was like yeah actually we kind of are we are on a budget <laughs> so, you know and i love in this moment and it's probably very evident you know with what i do and i just want to tell people i don't want to copy them uh, or you know even like emulate to a degree but i appreciate the path that they've carved you know, for people who want to kind of dabble into that. So we're kind of becoming more of like in this moment on a budget, like we're, we're, we're increasing our budget. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do, I do like that. that it's, uh, you gotta put that on a shirt. <laughs> I know I was telling Berg, I was like, we should totally get in this moment on a budget. And he's like, I don't want to get sued by their camp. And I was like, that's fair. Because, you know, we love them so much, it would make me sad if they sued us. Yeah, but then, well, at least you can say you got sued by in this moment. <laughs> that is, there is no such thing as bad publicity. I like where your brain's at. See? No, no one has sued me yet, even though with some of the stuff some guests have said, I'm surprised, like, no one has gotten mad at me. Even though I, I would just be like, hey, look, Nick Cage got mad at me. Or something like that. <laughs> and then you can put that on a t-shirt. See? So I like it. I, I don't, you know, I was, I'm not going to go out of my way to disrespect somebody or anything like that. But it, like if, if a situation like that came up, I'll be like, well, I'll, I'll frame the cease and desist letter or something. <laughs> It'll be on my, my wall of, of greatness. <laughs> exactly. As soon as I, I am eventually going to do something with my wall, I got to, I have so many frame posters, like signed posters and photos and everything. 
it's a lot. Like every time I go to a show, someone's like, Hey, here's this poster. Here's this tour poster. We signed it for you. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I have no room for this, but I'll find, I'll, I'll make room. <laughs> You're going to have to get it on the outside of your house and like start to put them in the panels and stuff. And then that's how you'll go viral. Cause you'll be the guy with the band posters outside on his house built into the house. I like that idea. That's Thank good. you. I'll that's send good. you my 10%. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I, I I made that joke before. If you, I think last season I did something similar. I, I gave a band idea and they're like, "Oh, cool, we're gonna use this." I'm like, "Haha, ten percent for me, please." But anyway, <laughs> I still haven't got that, by the way. But anyway, uh, I I really look forward. I'll be seeing you guys in the South Bend date. Uh, it's like 15 awesome. minutes from my from my house, so of course I'll be there. Uh, I so. For, for anyone, actually, sorry, before I get to that, um, Modern Minds said they uh, played some shows with you, uh, I believe, on the, like, their last like run. Um, mm -hmm. How was it performing with them? It was awesome. It's so funny because I actually knew those guys. We played a festival. We played Rise of the Losers. And it, I think it was three or four years ago. And that's how we met them. And I went up to them because I always get really excited when I see another female fronted band and uh, I know this is kind of like a hot topic for people, but it's always cool. It's cool when you meet cool women who are cool and do what you do and they kind of like get how things go. So I know I have a really big personality. So I walked up to her and I was like, hi, I was like, you're great. <laughs> I was like, we should play together. And I think, I, it didn't scare Ernesto, so I think we're okay. But they were just very sweet, very, like, compared to us, because we're, like, a very loud camp. But, like, the very, um, had a lot of, like, discernment, very, like, uh, you know, reserved, but in the best way possible. And Ernesto was like, yeah, we'll do some stuff. And, and you know, bands always say that. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, you know, maybe things just aren't, you know, clicking or whatever. And then we found out that they were doing the second leg of the combi Christ run. And I was like, okay, we're starting to intersect more and more. And then when we were moving into MK booking, they were like, well, how do you feel about a tour with modern mimes? And I'm like, I really like them. So this is going to be awesome. And I mean that, like, I'm really enthusiastic. I was like stoked. I was like, yes. And when I met, I when I met um the camp it was funny because like Ernesto's personality is very similar to like Berg's personality and and you know his Audi is like she's very sweet and has like a little bit of a quirk to her and I feel like I'm like her like on a hundred and, and we and we clicked really well and and Justin's like a mirror image of like Eric our, our drummer so it just it, I, I'm just really excited about it. I'm glad this finally got to manifest and I hope everybody comes out and just enjoys it, you know? Oh, definitely. I think um, when I heard the uh, tour announcement a few weeks ago, I was very excited. I was I, I dig what you guys are doing. I dig what Modern Minds are doing. And I never had the opportunity to see either of you guys live yet. And I'm like, oh, a South Bend date. Oh, that is awesome. Of course I'm going to be there. So I'm very excited. I know it's not till October, uh, but I'm very excited to see you guys live. I'm so excited to meet you. And then 
I will know you because I've talked to you for over 40 minutes. And if I don't know you, you have full permission to throw shade at me online. Full permission. Be like, she sucks. She didn't know who I was. <laughs> like, I am all about that life because I've talked to you for 40 minutes. So there's no excuse for me this time. Well, I'm way too nice to do that. Um, <laughs> so no, it's all right. I, I could send you a flashcard. Go, here's my face. Here's my name. Please remember Please me. <laughs> send me actually like full, not to sound weird, like internet land, full body shot the day that you're coming to the show. So then when you show up, I'm like, okay, he's in a black t-shirt with black pants and a baseball cap. And then I'm like, mm -hmm, Matthew, hi, how are you? <laughs> I might have to do that for bands that shows, but like, hey, here's what I'm wearing. Please, uh, I'll be there. Yeah, I'm, I usually, I make my presence known. For, I usually show up early because usually I'm either interviewing somebody or taking photos, video, whatever. So usually I'm there early and like, hey, you're the only person here. And I go, yes, yes, I am. Hi, we've met before. <laughs> Well, I love that. And I just want to preface for the record, I'm actually asking him to send me a photo. So there's nothing weird going on. Like, because you know how the internet loves to like be crazy. This is simply for flashcard purposes. That, that is a good preface <laughs> to make. I was talking to a friend of mine a few days ago. And it's like, uh, usually like the stuff I pour like all the effort into when I do my shows, no one really pays attention. But if we, something weird like that comes up, that's like what people pay attention to is like, I put all this work into this nice video and that that's what you take away from it was that weird part right there. Thanks. <laughs> I know it's the same thing for me. People are always like, what's the weirdest thing that has ever happened to you being in a band? And I'm like, hold my beer. How much time do you have? And then like, that's like the one clip that like people they're like, really? And I'm like, how disgusting and weird do you want to get? Because we can, we can go we can go that route. So I totally feel that. Or I just do something stupid. Like I try to be so eloquent and like poised and then like I run into walls. Like there's just no hope for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it, not me. I did. I mean, it's just, it's just fact. It's just funny. Like when you meet with people and they're like, okay, be sexy. And I'm like, I'm trying here. Is this working for you guys? I just can't take myself seriously. I just can't. I, I just, I'm, a, I'm a horribly awkward human being. People tell me to act normal, and I go, I thought I was acting normal. And they're like, uh, no, no, you weren't. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> You're like, my bad. Like, and people are like, could you just not be weird? And I'm like, I don't. I don't know how to, that's why I, I love my stage persona because she's so frightening and, and intimidating and she's everything that I want to be, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm just awkward and weird. <laughs> I feel you. I definitely feel it. like people see me in my videos and like, oh yeah, pretty cool. You know, pretty smooth, with, you know, whatever. And I'm like, cool. But then they meet me in, in person. They go, oh, you're slightly awkward at times. I go, yeah, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because before, like, I I would always joke because when I like somebody before, obviously, like, I got engaged and stuff like that, guys would be like, hey, you know, you're this, that. And I'm like, I like soap. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I'm not smooth. I'm so sorry. Like, I know you had this thing built up in your head, but I'm, I'm just not. I'm not that gal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I totally feel you on like being like to me like 
I, I feel more confident like doing like interviews and stuff because usually I have you know what I have prepared either in my head or on my notes or whatever. And then like I'm not very good at like small talk, like especially when I meet people at venues and stuff. And like so I'm like, uh, how's the weather? It's like a, it's like slightly cooler than yesterday. Yeah, you know, pretty nice. And people go, what are you talking about? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> like I yeah, guy, and it's so funny. Like I'll have guys probably on average five to 10 times a week slide into my DMs. And they'll be like, I noticed that you liked my picture. And I'm like, I like your dog. You have a dog. I like your dog. So keep that shit up. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you have to kind of like give them a little bit of Jesus just to be like, you know, I like your pictures, but mostly for your animals. Most of the guys on my feet have pets, so. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> your, your puppy's really cute. I'm sorry. I like animals more than people. <laughs> so, that's, oh, that's, that's the harsh. That's the harsh reality of my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to segue that into my next question. Honestly, that's okay. You just do it. Just do it. So I, I was gonna get back talking about the tour real quick. I was gonna ask. So, um, what is your favorite song to perform live? Oh God, it changes. <laughs> Probably we didn't play it on this last tour. I love the song "Pray for Her" because. Now it's super old school. Like it's just a gritty rock song, but it's just so mean. Like it's just mean. I was in a really negative, like hateful, bitter place. And of course that's where I wrote the best lyrics and like the best burn track. Like I told people, I want people to listen to it and be like, wow, I would not date her ever. <laughs> so that's probably pray for her because it's so mean um since we're kind of phasing that out i would probably say like my next favorite song is probably dysmorphia because dysmorphia hits very home to me about <clears throat> the music industry in general and just how nasty it is to women and men like i, I never want guys to feel they're excluded from this because they're they're mean to men in different ways where like you have to look like the rock <laughs> you know no i i definitely under, understand there there there's standards are like both that are unfair to you know they're different but they're also unfair to each one as well so no i definitely understand what you're saying so i think this morphia speaks a lot to me because i have so many women that come up to me and hug me and say like you know thank you for writing that and i'm like yeah i, I get it i get it because if anybody is going to get trolled online it's going to be so, <laughs> so i have heard it all I, i've had people say it all so i just figured you know what i will just take all of that and put it in a pot and just give birth to dysmorphia no, definitely. I like um, the, the backstory and the reasoning behind it as well. And it, it does connect with a lot of different people because, you know, not only like, like music, but also like anything, almost entertainment. Honestly, there's their standards are still there um, for for both men and women. So I definitely uh, I understand it a lot. 
Well, and I appreciate that. And I've seen so many of my friends, like including myself that have like spent thousands of dollars on plastic surgery and eating disorders. And, you know, I'm, you know, and it's kind of one of those things online where you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't like the other don't ask me why, but I just decided to go on Megan Fox's Instagram. Don't ask me why I was just having a day. I think because I watched Machine Gun Kelly's documentary, which, by the way, is actually really good, whether you like him or not. I just think it's it was just really interesting. And people were like, oh, you're so fake and you don't look like you anymore. But then I'm like, OK, people, time out. If she didn't do those things, you would be saying, oh, you're so old, you're so out of shape. So like there's no pleasing these trolls. And I'm just like, are what do you? What do you look like? Are you a dumpster fire, or like, are you miss? Are you Miss America? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you can't win. No, I I definitely understand. Especially like there, there's just so much like hatred and like and uh, the internet itself is almost like toxic. Like obviously, there's still good, you know, safe havens on the internet and stuff. But I don't know. People like to. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I don't know if that's like if they're that's how they genuinely are, or if that's just like what they feel like they have to say to people. I don't, I don't understand it because I always, um, for me and for Super Cool Radio, it's always about you know obviously love, but also like understanding and just being nice to people, like just manners and you know being nice. I just something I think just common courtesy for everybody. I feel like that's such a rare thing nowadays to meet genuine you know kind people and we're almost in a society now where people are kind to you you're kind of like a dog that's been kicked 10 times you're like wait you're nice what do you what do you want you know what I mean? so, like oh, I what you. do you want <laughs> and i even find myself feeling that way when people are genuinely nice to me or they just want to like help and i'm like okay how much money do you want what do you want like and it's just such a messed up way of thinking but i think unfortunately society and the internet has conditioned us to think that way you know oh, oh definitely and it just it, it's a shame you know like to me the internet can be a really great place but also it can be very toxic at the same time and i i definitely i feel you so much when like someone's nice to me unless it's someone like i've worked with and i've known and you know that stuff then like you know i'm cool with that but Someone just out of the blue nice to me. I go, all right, hold on. What, what's the catch here? You want me to do something, right? <laughs> so, the, unfortunately, you have to think like that because, unfortunately, there's a, I've had, a, and probably with you as well, there's so many people, like, they're nice to you, and then like, hey, can you do this for me? And I go, ah, there it is. So Yeah, it's, it's weird, like, the perception, once again, is social media. I'll never forget this comment where this guy was like, must be nice living in your mansion in L.A. And I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> like, I just took a picture. I was like, I'm with my mom. We're in a Subaru going to Aldi's. So, like, it's not that serious. Like, I am the first person to not take myself seriously. I'm the total opposite of my stage persona. I think that's why I love her so much because she's everything I wish I could be. It's it's, it's very interesting, like way people like perceive other people. Like um, you know, people think because I you know I have my podcast and stuff that I'm rolling in money. Shocker, I'm not. Um, it's just like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. they're like oh well you're in a touring band so like you can afford i'm like homie 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 allow me to introduce you to debt <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you know um they'll be like oh well i saw you with your balenciagas on your instagram story i'm like that's cute that was a gift um from santa claus bought on poshmark like once again not that would and that's see and that's where i hate the internet is because people think people just assume and they think they know and they don't i, I truly feel like nine out of ten times things can be squashed with a conversation oh yeah or they like the way they perceive you like either like on stage or like you know through your music that they know everything about you and then they meet you and go hey wait a minute you're not exactly not at all how i perceived you and it's like well you could have had a conversation with me first and you could have figured it out so there, there's that i think that's like people just see what they see online and as we already talked about before about you know what we think about on you know online and you know the way it, uh the, the perception is most of the time it's not actually reality it's not i think the biggest thing that kind of hurts my soul but also is complimentary people are always like you're so nice what do people think I am online? Like, it makes me, like, rethink. Like, am I not nice online? Like, I try not to, like, engage in negativity, but I kind of just do my own thing. But that kind of, like, breaks my heart in the way they're always like, I met you, and, like, you were so nice. And I'm like, oh, did something happen that I didn't know about? So, yeah, that's kind of the thing that sucks sometimes is I, I get that a lot. People are like, you're so nice. <laughs> The, the thing I always get, and then, you know, obviously when I, when I meet you at the show, you, you, you probably make a little bit more sense, is that, um, like, people only see me most of the time this much of me. So, like, I'm six one. So, like, people, like, when they meet me in person, yeah, they go, oh, you're so tall. And I'm like, do I put off short person vibes? Like, that's always what I think when people tell me that. <laughs> well, if I hug you, I'll probably come to your waist because I'm five foot two. So that's going to be quite a photo. Might be a little. Well, I, I'm pretty good about um, either. Um, I do a lot of crouching, or I just sit down. Is what I've been doing, especially if it's a height difference that much. The hardest part, if I try to do interviews with people, and the height difference is quite oh, a bit. Yeah. It's a, especially like in-person interviews. That's a lot of work to try to make sure it all looks good, and we all look sort of. I I always look. I always feel like I look like a giant next to some people because kind of am to some people so i always try to figure that out when i do like in-person interviews like i don't want to look so big but yet i am <laughs> well i'm glad that we're doing it this this way because we would definitely have that that problem you know yeah that's why i try if i do in-person interviews and i see there's a height difference i try to like okay there's a couch here or there's a table here let's just sit down because then no one can tell <laughs> See, I have the opposite problem. People think I'm tall. And then when they meet me, I feel like I disappoint them because they're like, I thought you were like five foot ten. I'm like, no, sorry. I'm five foot two. <laughs> See, it's it's your persona and, and the attitude. That's why like what that's what I tell people. Like if they if they presume someone's tall or someone's like says it's their persona, it makes them look taller than what they are. Or if you're on stage, it's sometimes hard to tell, like get the perception of how tall people are. Especially only through tell, photos. Well, I just tell people I have a Napoleon complex and I just have to shout really loud. Otherwise, people will just like go right over my head. So I just have to yell a lot to pay attention to me. I like that. I like that. 
All right, so obviously, so we're approaching the hour mark. I didn't expect okay. to go this long, but yeah, we're having a really great conversation. So I'm going to be wrapping this up, but I do got one more question, sure. uh, a slightly hard question, but I, I like asking this because I'm yeah. the host. Um, what has been your favorite moment from Reign of Z so far? I will never forget this moment, and I will try to keep it brief. When we opened up for September morning in Pittsburgh, I had I was getting ready to sing Dysmorphia, and I felt these little arms come around my waist, and this girl had to be eight years old, and she just hugged me before I went on stage, and it was the sweetest moment. And we actually grabbed a photo of that, and it just broke my heart into a thousand pieces like in a good way it was like the Grinch where like my heart grew like six inches that day it, it, I'll never forget that 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 reminded me why I I do what I do that is a really awesome moment to have that um, connection with that person and that just sound that's just awesome I like, that warmed my heart just hearing yeah that. it almost made me cry but then I had to like tell myself you're evil you're evil. You know, it's like those memes on Facebook. Because I was like, <laughs> and to think like somebody so young is already going through that, which is like even more heartbreaking. But I had to like suck all the emotion down and be like, you're evil. You hate everybody. But it's like, <laughs> you know. You got you to balance it out. <laughs> I do. I do. For sure. But uh, that, that's a really awesome moment. Thank you for sharing. Uh, that's actually a really great way to wrap up. I do so... Uh, if anyone's interested, uh, where can they find Reign of Z online? Reignofz.com, um, Reign of Z official on Instagram, um, Facebook.com slash Reign of Z. Um, we have Twitter, but we really don't engage in it. But we also have a link tree, honestly, if you just put us in the Google search engine, we will pop up. <laughs> great way. Great, great way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks so much z for hanging out with me here live super cool radio hope everyone enjoyed uh watching live here on facebook and twitter z it was a phenomenal time chatting with you you too i cannot wait to meet you in person and feel tiny <laughs> <laughs> yes we have that to look forward to <laughs> but for z of reign of z i'm your host as always matthew thomas thank you so much for watching live super cool radio and remember stay frosty